Hey, welcome back to another episode of the Motocross Training Podcast. Joel Yunkins here, and in today's episode, we are going to do Q&A episode number two. We've got three questions that we're going to cover today. Um, it's just three, but we've got some good stuff in store, I think, for uh, this episode. Um, so we'll start off. Happy uh, New Year, if you listen to this presently. Um, happy 2021. Hopefully everybody has a nice, healthy year. Um, COVID related and also just, um, competitively, um, also hopefully, you know, race seasons, um, get underway and we have no long breaks like we did last year and, um, yeah, things go good and we can show up to the track and race and have fun and do the things we like to do. So, um, with all that said, let's hop into this. Let's start, uh, getting into these questions and, um, these are all questions, these three, um, there's a couple different like levels to them. So I'm excited for that to answer these questions. Um, so that's kind of why I picked them for this episode and, uh, yeah, let's get to it. Um, so let's hop into question number one. And that is why do so many racers get injured every season? And um, this question, I think, uh, is referring to, like, the top racers, you know, you see on TV, like the, the pros. Um, because usually at the beginning of every year, everybody's healthy, everybody's in the best shape of their life, everybody's, you know, prepared and all that. Um, everybody's going to win the championship or compete for it. And, you know, um, halfway through the year, half the field's usually out. Um, not really half, but it seems that way, at least as a fan. And... Um, you know, so injuries are happening and they happen every year and everybody gets hurt. And, um, some people get some bad injuries, but like, you know, like if you want to ask me in my, in, in my opinion, um, which is racer dead, um, you know, this is definitely a multifaceted, um, answer. And there's like, a, like I said, there's a lot of levels to this, but, um, a couple things that kind of come to mind. Um, the first one is and I've talked about this before again as I think there is a true lack of real strength training in racing um a few racers are doing it uh, but honestly not enough it should just be a staple if you want to race like you need to be lifting weights um it's basically just needs to be a prereq like that needs to become the normal in racing and until people stop you know being you know until people stop being I guess scared of weightlifting, like it's going to cause a arm pump and to think they're going to turn into these bodybuilders where they can't swing a leg over a dirt bike is, you know, pretty ridiculous. But if you're not strength training, you're not giving yourself a chance to be, to, uh, to help prevent injuries. I'm not saying it's going to, you know, reduce the risk a hundred percent, but you're at least got to give yourself a chance. So when you strength train, not only do your muscles get stronger, but your tendons and ligaments get stronger and also your bones get stronger too. And again, this isn't the end all be all. This isn't, Hey, start strength training and you're never going to get hurt. That's not how, that's not what happens, but you know, um, and it's kind of something hard to, there's not enough research to really sit here and say for sure that strength training is going to help reduce injuries, but it is proven everywhere else that that can help you. Um, it's not stretching, it's not yoga, it's strength training that is going to help. Um, it's going to give you a really good chance to to prevent injuries on the track when you fall. So um, I think that's part of it. That's one little layer of it. 
another layer to injuries, and this is something I don't think a lot of people are talking about either, is the fact that, um, you know, I don't think enough people are resting enough before competitions. So whether you're motocross or whatever your, you know, like competitions are on the weekend, whatever realm of racing you're in, you need to have 48 to 72 hours of low stress activities to make sure you're recovering for the race. Like, so all the work you've done during the week, um, so all the practice, your gym workouts, um, you know, if you're cycling, whatever the case may be, whatever you're doing, you need to deload that at the end of the week. You have to deload the stress to recover because I think there's too many people pushing their practices up to the last second. So say you practice hard all up to, you know, Thursday night, then you spend Friday traveling to get to a race and then you compete on Saturday. Um, if you're doing that all the time, uh, you're stacking up too much stress and, and you're honestly, your body's going to head into the weekend fatigued. And when you're constantly fatiguing your body and always have it under this load, even if it's just like a mild load of stress, your body's going to become much more susceptible to injuries. Um, that's just where weird things happen. It's why people just have like weird illnesses even ha- come up. Um, and they're never really operating um, in the range they need to be on race day. On race day, you need to at least be 90%, 90% to bring your A game on the track. If it's anything below it, it's not acceptable. So we don't want to be showing up 85%. We don't want to be bringing our B game while everybody else has their A game. We need to be ready to go. So in order to do that, you have to account for some rest before the race so that you actually come into the race um, fresh. Um, also, too, if you're not coming into the race completely fresh and you're a little like, and you're putting your best performances, um, you know, in the gym or on the track during the week, what's going to happen is, um, you know, performance on the track on race day. And this could even be during the week, too, if you're not managing this properly. But when you're decreasing your performance because of these high levels of fatigue and you're not managing it properly, you're going to make more mistakes. And more mistakes could lead to more crashes which again leads to more injuries um so we really want to make sure we're accounting for enough rest not not just before competitions but even during the week um so again it's just kind of prioritizing to make sure you're you're on your game when you're actually pushing you know as hard as you want to push and lastly the last like layer here of this is the most obvious one um and it's when you're ever whenever you're pushing your limits whenever you make something into a competition um, things get dangerous and injuries happen. Um, so no matter what physical sport you're in, the more competitive you make it, um, you know, really the higher chance of injuries are going to be. Um, you can take one of the safest sports out there, turn it into a competition, and people will start getting hurt. So at the end of the day, there's really no avoiding it. Um, you know, as a racer, you're, you know, if you're especially if you're really competitive, you've probably been injured before. There's, this won't be your first, it's probably, you're probably not sitting there waiting for your first, you know, injury of some sort or have some kind of hard crash, but you know, it's part of the game. It's what you signed up for. And, you know, when you do talk to racers, if, you know, they get injuries, a lot of times they have good outlooks and, um, you know, their first answer is, you know, say, you know, if someone gets an injury, their first response is, uh, it's all right. It's part of the sport. Um, It'd be nice to kind of change that with some better preparation so that people don't get hurt as much. 
Um, I truly believe we could probably push ourselves to get to that point um, to make the sport better. But the racers are right. It's going to happen. And it's going to happen in any other sport you play. So, um, you know, golf's a... I'm not talking any kind of smack on golf, but a lot of people play it and get drunk and play it. But um, I don't play golf. I one, I don't have time, and two, I don't have patience for it. Um, I played when I was younger, though, so I have a little bit of experience. But the the professional like um, form of golf. I mean, people get injured. They get they have things that go wrong, and they have to train for it. So, and again, that's just an example of it just being competitive. Um, so you're not going to avoid it, but it's something we have to, I think, do better at accounting for. And a lot of it starts within our own preparation and planning. All right, so that's number one. Um, why do so many? So why do so many racers get injured every season? Um, and that's a lot to that question. We could talk about this one for for hours, um, but that's kind of um, we'll just kind of dive just deep enough. I feel like I covered it pretty well for just uh, trying to knock out here in a in a Q and A episode. Um, number two. Um, are pre-raced reaction drills necessary? So meaning like doing the juggling, um, you know, playing like catch with like small, like little bouncy balls and stuff like that. Um, there's also reaction boards in training, which I'll kind of touch. I'll kind of bring that topic into all this here in a second. Um, so you might see like racers and even a lot of pros do this. Actually, the only people I actually see doing it are the pros, but, um, you know, amateur racers or people up up and coming um, may see pros the pros doing this and wondering if they should be doing this too. So, like, you may see an athlete juggling with their gear on before they get on their bike as like part of their warm up, or you know, there's a an athlete playing some sort of catch with uh, maybe one of their coaches or trainers, and they're uh, they're working on improving their reaction time before they're the racing. So. What you have to understand, though, is reaction is different from reflexes. So what we want to think of is your reaction is just reacting to something that happens. But when you're on the bike competing, you're relying majority, majority, basically the whole time you're depending on reflexes versus reaction so yeah you are reacting to the gate dropping you are reacting to things happening but pretty much it all comes down to your reflexes and reflexes are specific to the activity so it's hard to make really a case that performing reaction drills are going to have a direct transfer into the reflexes that you've developed for years on end to learn how to race a dirt bike properly and you know you're doing things like if you just think about on racing your dirt bike um are you thinking about what you have to do or are you thinking about okay i have to give it gas i have to let out the clutch then i gotta um shift up shift up up this hill and then i gotta downshift when i get into the turn like are like are those things you're really thinking of or are you just doing it because you've done it a million times and then maybe have to go back and think what you were doing um, I hopefully, if you're a good racer, you're telling me that you don't really have to think about it um, because that's those are all just reflexes that are ingrained in your nervous system that 
again, they're like highly specific skills that are just depending on your reflexes and you're not just reacting to them. So to me, the whole juggling, playing catch game before a race, to me, it's a huge waste of time. Um, it's not doing what you think it's doing. Um, unless we can really prove otherwise that's the case. It's just a, uh, a theory people are running with right now. Um, you know, it's kind of a, uh, most sports are copycat sports. So when one person does something, everybody else kinds of like jump on the bandwagon of it. So to me, that's really what's happening. Um, you know, you don't see basketball players. They, you could say they have to react to things and they have reflexes that, that they have to attend to, but before the like pregame, they're not going over and hitting baseballs and then showing up on the basketball court to go play basketball. Um, in the pregame warm-up, they just go out and shoot the basketball and they go do the things they're about to do. Uh, that would be the best thing you could do for riding. Um, off the bike's warm-up skills instead of juggling and playing catch and all that, you're better off just doing a proper warm-up that will warm up your your blood flow it's going to heat up your muscles and it's going to help stimulate your nervous system um if the pro if your warm-up's properly done so your nervous system your blood flow and your body's warming up um you're that's going to allow your reflexes and the things that you can do on a bike um that will uh you know that's going to do enough for you and the rest is really just up to your riding skills up to this point um, determining on, you know, the skills you either have or you don't have. Um, and then, you know, if you do like juggling or playing catch or something, because it puts you in some sort of like some type of mind space or makes you feel a certain type of way, um, that provides more confidence, um, go for it. You know, who am I to say like, you know, don't do that. If it puts you in a certain type of mood that just helps you go to the race, you know, to the starting line, feeling better, um, you know, go for it then, but hopefully just, you know, understand that, you know, trying to work on some sort of re like reaction drill based on, you know, hoping that you get a better start, um, probably isn't gonna really make any kind of a difference. Um, all of the reps of, you know, starts you've done, all the time, the seat time you've had, all these years of riding, that's what's really going to make the difference. And besides that, just get your body warmed up like, you know, normal kind of stuff, and you'll be good to go. Also, the reaction boards, um, you know, people use, there's um, where the different lights come on, and you have to, like, hit them. Um, for me, I don't really, I think it's a better... Stuff like that um, is becoming popular, especially in, you know, action sports like racing and whatnot. I'm, I'm seeing it, but to me, I think the reaction boards and any kind of, like, really reaction drills to me are more change of direction drills that you have to react to. So I think, you know, if you're an athlete that is, like, a volleyball player, basketball uh, baseball, things like that, where you have to like actually use your feet to move and change directions. I think it might be a little more suitable for that, but I don't really know if there's like a transfer of your nervous system yet. Um, that's something I'll have to get back to you on down the road. But at this point, like I'm kind of just throwing that in there cause it, it comes to mind when I talk about these other drills, but, um, 
at this point, I don't think there's a whole lot to it to worry about. Um, I think you'll be okay if you don't have one. I don't have one. I don't plan on getting one. So, um, if down the road things change, I will let you know. But until then, um, for reaction drills, you know, before the race, are they necessary? I certainly don't think so. You're going to be okay if you're a good rider. Just get a proper warm up. You don't need to go learn some other specific skill like juggling or catching um, a small bouncy ball or something to get ready for the race. So hopefully that eases your mind. Hopefully that, you know, uh, it's one less thing to do before the race. Uh, number three, if you could do only one thing to get in shape for racing, what should you focus on? Um, to be honest, I usually think these kind of questions are dumb. Um, I don't really, I usually don't answer them. But the person kind of followed up with me, like, with this question. Just to give you a little more context on it. But uh, this person kind of followed up, like, because I kind of first fired back. I was like, well, I was like, you know, just the, the most important thing to do is ride your bike. And, you know, and, uh, you know, so they kind of respond like, well, assuming you did the bike, like, if you only had time to do one thing, what would it be? So I as I usually don't like this question because to me, I don't think it does justice to really preparation because it's like, I look at training as a toolbox. You know, you don't just work on your bike with a screwdriver for everything. There's a lot, there's, you know, a, a decent amount of tools you can use all kinds of tools for every job. So I should say for every job, there's a tool you need, or I'm kind of hacking this up right now, but you know what I'm talking about. Um, <laughs> but, um, so I'm kind of like, I don't like these questions, but I'm going to answer it anyways. Um, my first, my first, uh, so let me just drop a scenario. I don't want to get sidetracked here. So the scenario could be something like this. And this is why I'm answering this question. Um, so say you're a racer that, you know, maybe you're very competitive. Uh, you maybe work a full-time job. You take riding during the week very seriously because you know it's important. So you hit the track up you know, say two times a week. Uh, you also have to work on your bikes. You also have maybe um, a small child or a couple kids that you have to take care of at home as well um, that you try to be around at least see and change diapers or whatever. Uh, maybe there's somebody else that you have to see a couple times a week. Maybe you're helping someone's sick and in your family and you got to help take care of them or do your chores for somebody else. And, you know, you're just like, maybe like, man, I, I want to do some off the, off the uh, bike workouts you know, what should I do? Everything else feels pretty covered, but you know, what would someone in this position do that only has say two 45 minute gaps in their day to make the most out of their training? Like what's one area they could focus on that, you know, they could, um, improve their performance on their bike. And at first I would say aerobic conditioning, because racing requires a high level of aerobic conditioning. And if you're not conditioned to, you know, make the race, then, um, you know, I think, uh, you know, we don't need people gassing out before the race is over. Um, but if you're riding enough during the week, like this, um, this example of an athlete is this racer, then typically riding enough is going to give you that sport practice you need. That's going to provide sort of the conditioning you're going to have that you that's going to be required to um 
to race at high enough level to kind of get by. Like you're going to be okay. Like you're going to be at baseline. You're not going to be, you know, your conditioning is not going to be through the roof, but it's going to be good enough for you to compete at a high level. So, um, like we all know that one racer who doesn't do anything, but they just, they're good at riding and they ride enough and they're efficient enough with their riding that they don't use a lot of energy. So my answer, what I kind of settled on in my head as I kind of battle this back around for a little bit, um, and this might seem biased and we talked about this earlier, but I truly think strength training is if you had to do one thing, just focus on that. If you're riding enough, um, so if you only had time, like you're riding enough, you were doing what you're supposed to be doing on the bike, you were racing on the weekends and you only just had like a little bit of time during the week, I would focus on strength training. Um, because I truly believe, and I've seen it before with my athletes, um, when they start strength training, not only are you, you know, working on the injury prevention aspect that I talk a lot about, but strength training is going to be one of the most important things you can do. That's actually going to improve your performance on the bike, whether it's getting stronger to hold positions, whether it's getting stronger to manipulate your bike, um, and manhandle it better and just basically be the boss of your bike. It's going to help you with your performance if you're doing it properly. Um, so besides injury prevention being the number one priority, I think you'd actually have your best bang for buck, bang for your buck strength training to improve your performance on the bike. If you were doing enough riding, um, if you were not doing enough riding and you literally only had time to do one thing with everything else and you didn't ride enough, then I would kind of switch back and say aerobic conditioning and kind of like take this conversation in um, a different light. But I think for the person listening here on this podcast, um, you're probably pretty serious about racing. So you're probably, you know, already training. You're probably already riding enough on your bike or trying to ride enough on your bike. You're probably competing a lot weekly. So um, that's sort of like, I didn't want to just give you an answer and just kind of, you know, just give you an answer and kind of leave you hanging. Um, I wanted to kind of uh, paint a little bit of a picture of what I think could be, um, you know, certain, uh, a certain scope of what a certain circumstance of a racer could be dealing with. And that's why I kind of answered this question in this manner. But, um, yeah, that's it. You know, that's the one thing I think to get in shape of racing. Um, you know, everything's great. You want to have access to as many things as you can. I think tools in the toolbox. There's a tool for every job. But uh, I think I got it right that time. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, that one thing, strength training. Again, like, the question's not great. Or it's, it's not my favorite question to answer. It's definitely a little bit of a tough one for me. Because I don't think you should only just be strength training but I do see a high amount of importance and it can be great to go along with a great program. So as I said before, if you're only strength training, if you're only doing gym workouts, it's not going to be good enough, but you should at least be trying to get work in with your racing program to, um, to compete at a higher level, really. So those are the three questions. Um, you know, we talked about the injuries every season, Gave you guys a couple, uh, you know, different things there. I think a lack of strength training. Make sure you're resting enough before competitions and during the week when you need to uh, push hard. 
And then also just pushing the limits is going to – injuries are going to happen. It's part of the game. And hopefully down the road we can get better at not getting injured as much. Number two, are pre-race reaction drills necessarily necessary? No, because um, reaction is not the same as your reflexes. So you're kind of working on two different things that, you know, it's kind of sort of uh, – you know, you're kind of looking for a one plus one equals three, but it doesn't really equal three. So um, you're not not really going to get the end goal of what you may think it would provide. Um, number three, if there's only one thing you do to get in racing shape, what should it be? To, what should your focus be on? And if you're covering your adding aspect like you should be, then I would supplement first with strength training and then from there kind of see what else you have time for. Uh, so that's it for tonight. I got to get back to coaching here in a few minutes. So I um, just wanted to knock out this podcast. Um, for more information, you can go to my website, jytraining.com. Um, you know, look around there. Let me know if you need anything. And until um, next time, catch you guys later and talk soon. See ya.